watch the breakdown. And here we go. Davis goes left. Davis gets a block. Chris Davis. Touchdown. Auburn. An answered prayer. Cut. Michigan. Touchdown. I can't believe this. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown. Alabama wins. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Campus to Campus podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Brown. You can find me on Twitter, at KHookem. Today we're going to talk about a little bit of a bowl recap, uh, a college football playoff recap, uh, natty preview, and we're going to have a couple thoughts about the uh, the Heisman Trophy presentation last night. So uh, before we get started, let me bring in my co-host real quick. Jesse, what's going on, dude? How's it going, everybody? I'm gladfully wrong about what happened last night, so there's that. <laughs> And uh, JD, what's going on, man? Yeah, not much. Uh, you know, just gloating that Devonte Smith won the Heisman. <laughs> pretty, pretty pleased. Pretty pleased with our with our strong push for it last week. I think that is what pushed him over the top. At least that's what I'm going to tell myself. I think so. Uh, whenever, so since I can feel something uh, positive about the football season instead of uh, being a Texas fan, at least I called Devonte Smith right. So. <laughs> All right, so uh, so real quick, we're just kind of blow through a couple games here. We're not going to hit on every single one of them. Um, we may get to that eventually, but probably won't be tonight. Don't want to keep you guys on here too awful long. Uh, just starting uh, before Christmas, so we had a couple decent games before Christmas. We had uh, Appalachian State kick us off with a with a beat down in North Texas. Uh, followed up, followed that up a couple days later with BYU smoking UCF, and this is one of the games we want to hit on. Mostly for for Zach Wilson and and the uh, the draft prospects of, of especially having a, a huge game in a bowl game against a, a decent UCF team, not a great team. Uh, BYU finishes the season eleven and one, sixteen ranked sixteen in the country at the moment. Zach Wilson with four hundred twenty five yards and three scores. So uh, Jesse and JD, we'll start with Jesse first. What's your thoughts on Zach Wilson and where he stacks up amongst those top level quarterbacks in the draft this year? Well, I mean, right now, I mean. Before the first round of the playoffs, a lot of people had him as the second-rate quarterback. So for some reason, they had him over Justin Fields. But now that we've seen Fields actually, like, what he can do against a good defense, that Zach Wilson's likely the third quarterback going in the draft this April. It's funny funny to me that, that Justin Fields had to jump somebody on a draft board at all outside of Trevor Lawrence. It's, it's strange to me. It's not like we didn't get to see an entire season of him absolutely fucking dominating for an entire year last year and then has a few bad games in the, on a six-win a six win team, and now you're now he's allegedly dropping until he smokes Clemson in the playoffs. So, J.D., what's your, what's, <laughs> what's your thoughts on, uh, on on Zach Wilson, and where do, you, where do you think he stacks up for you amongst those that top group of quarterbacks? So, for you, where do you think he's at? Uh, he's pretty hard to tell. I think three is probably right. Having him at three, um, he's really hard to gauge, obviously, because he's had the one great season and the other years, there's not much to go off of. 
So I'd say he's a little bit riskier than Fields, which is probably why he will be the third one taken. Um, I, I just don't really see how you can in your evaluation. Um, you know, I don't, it's, it's hard to evaluate him next to Fields because Fields has so many uh, so many more games against such different competition. So yeah. while Fields has looked like crap in some of those games, he's looked absolutely amazing in others like he did against Clemson. So uh, with Zach Wilson, I mean, what do we – what do we really have? He looked really good against UCF, but uh, it's just a tough one. So I'd put him at three because of that. For sure. I I agree with both of you guys. I I think the fact is, is, is Zach Wilson is a team, is a a player that played on a a team that doesn't get a lot of spotlight, doesn't get a lot of big time performances, doesn't get put on a big stage a lot. And they play a lot of weaker teams. But one thing I can say for, for really good players, whenever you're a really good player, you should kick the shit out of, uh, weaker teams, and that's what BYU and Zach Wilson as as a group have done this year. They've had a great, excuse me, they had a great season, and uh, I'm with you guys. I think he's, I think he should stack up right around that three to four range. I'm, pre- I'm pretty big on Mac Jones, but that's just because I'm a fan, a fanboy apparently. So, uh, next up we have uh, Nevada takes down Tulane 38-27. Georgia Southern takes down Louisiana Tech 38-3. Memphis 25 to 10 over Florida Atlantic. Hawaii versus Houston. Hawaii pulls that one out 28-14. Uh, Buffalo, Jarrett Patterson didn't play in this game. He's, of course, getting ready for the NFL, which more and more players are going to be starting doing, especially after this year, I think, anyway. Uh, Kevin Marks Jr. steps in for him, has a great game, 138 yards in the touchdown. And, J.D., this question's more specifically for you in, in college fantasy football. But – where does the Buffalo running back rank for you next year in the big scheme of things? Is he uh, a top draft choice? If it's Marks, if Marks is not there, is 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 it is it a system type thing like we get out of Oklahoma State wide receivers, or are you are you looking to lay up and, and bypass the Buffalo backfield next year? Uh, I think it's one hundred percent a system thing. Uh, no Hell disrespect yeah. to Patterson or Marks, but <laughs> when Marks got the workload that Patterson did, I mean we've kind of seen it before, and he has yeah. done what pretty much what Patterson has done. And uh, yeah, whether it's Marks, if it's Marks, absolutely. If it's not Marks, maybe not. But yeah, next year, Marks a clear uh, a clear first-round draft choice if he's there. For sure. Next up, we got one of the better bowl games of the season. Number 12, Coastal Carolina stacks up against Liberty uh, to, to actually get to play the game that they had canceled during the middle of the season, which I was, uh, if you guys don't remember, just letting you know that I was on Liberty plus seven as my hungry dog. So Liberty... Gets the W. Uh, finished the season at 10-1. Coastal Carolina 11-1. Liberty wins 37-34. Malik Willis balls the hell out. Ends up with 137 rushing yards and four touchdowns from your quarterback. You can't ever be too upset about that. Uh, but Coastal Carolina tops off their their best season they've had in school history with finishing inside the top 15, uh, at least for right now. Been a great season for Coastal Carolina. So, Jesse, what what is your uh, what's your take on the Liberty-Coastal Carolina game? Well, I mean, this is easily the game or the bowl game of the year, at least. And Coastal Carolina somehow has the top two games of the year with this and then their crazy win over BYU and that fast made up week. So, yeah, it's very crazy seeing how they were, I think it was preseason rankings, they were uh, set to finish last in the Sun Belt and somehow <laughs> they finished 11 and 1. So, that's very. Cheers to you, Jeremy Chadwell. Yeah, hell of a season. Hell of a season for sure. All right, so, uh, so J.D., you got anything to, to add to that? 
No, just a hell of a season by both of them. Liberty really came out of nowhere this year. Um, I think they lost like some of the most production offensively of anybody in the country. And then they did to have a season like this is just crazy. Then I didn't see a single person, not a single one <laughs> in all off season mentioning Liberty was going to make some noise this year. So props to them. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and just, and it's, and you know, this game right here and especially games that Liberty plays in having a quarterback that can run the way that he does, the way Malik Willis does, it always makes games fun to watch. I mean, you go back, you think about the Vince Youngs and the, uh, the Johnny Manziel's and the the real mobile uh, run first type quarterbacks. They always seem to make games really fun to watch. So, so hats off to Liberty and Coastal Carolina, both great seasons. Uh, next up, we got Louisiana uh, taking down UTSA 31-24. Um, Georgia State takes down Western Kentucky 39-21. Uh, and another next big game here, we have Oklahoma State versus Miami. And this is what I was kind of referencing to about players not playing in bowl games. De'Eric King goes down with an injury. Uh, does anybody have anything confirmed on that? I never really did any looking after the fact. Torn ACL. Okay, so torn ACL. So uh, obviously he's going to kill uh, whatever draft stock he was about to have. So he's coming back next year. Uh, what do you think the timeline is going to be for, you know, to be able to come back? Uh, we're starting to see players get back sooner and sooner uh, every time you hear of an ACL injury. So do you think he's there for – Middle of the season, beginning of the season. How, where do you what do you think about that, uh, JD? What do you think when about when J, uh, Derek King makes it back? I would be surprised if he plays another snap. Um, just since he's an NFL prospect and he's a runner and he's already had a lot of injuries, I think if he's not like one hundred percent ready by game one, game two, I don't I don't think he's going to play. But um, I guess I guess we'll have to see. Yeah, probably a smart move, Jesse. What do you think about it? Oh yeah, definitely. I don't see him take playing a game until probably end of October at the earliest. Okay, all right. So ho- hopefully he he recovers quick, and hopefully we get to see him play next year. He's a fun dude to watch play. So so uh, so so ho- hopefully he gets better and gets back on the field. So next up we got Texas versus Colorado. Texas wins fifty five twenty three. Bijan Robinson had uh, a major finish to the season and. Uh, not a whole lot to cover here. I mean, Casey Thompson has a, a good finish uh, coming in in the second half for 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 an injured El, injured Ellinger. Uh, ends up eight for ten, a buck seventy and four. But the big story and something I want to throw to JD, especially from a fantasy perspective, with Bijan Robinson's finish this uh, this year, with especially in the bowl games and the receiving the receiving work he was getting. Where do you think he stacks up amongst the running backs next year? Do you? Uh, do you foresee him being one of those top 10 guys, or are you looking more top 20, top 25? I think with the uh, coaching change, I think is huge. I think that makes him probably a top 10 guy. Uh, I wasn't so sure before the coaching change. I don't think, you know, maybe maybe top 20. Um, but with the coaching change, I mean, we know Tom Herman's not going to be there to only give him 12 carries a game. So absolutely, that's, that's... I think he's got the talent. <laughs> so top 10. That's a good that's a good point. I try to look at the situation with Najee Harris and all the touches he gets a game and how they he's utilizing the passing game in Sarkeesian's offense. Hopefully that was a good hire. We won't spend a t- spend any time on it right now. We'll cover more of the all the coaching changes and all the all the dominoes fall later on in the offseason. All right. So next up we got one of the biggest beatdowns of uh of bowl season. It's Oklahoma winning fifty five to twenty versus uh big boy in the SEC, Florida. Uh 
I have some strong feelings about this, so I'll, I'll, I'll wait. But, Jesse, what's your thoughts on this game and kind of walk me through uh, where you're at with it? Well, I mean, really this game doesn't really matter because Florida <laughs> just didn't care enough <laughs> to win. So, but okay. be that's, the, uh, that's the truest thing that I've ever heard in my life. Uh, you know, SEC teams don't care to be in bowl games that they lose. So, anyway, J.D., what you, where, where are you at with the game? And, and I know Florida has a lot of players out. Oklahoma probably comes in on, you know, on, on, on you know, with a with a volume turned up to eleven, uh, but they they come and they showed out. So, what's your thoughts on Oklahoma going into next season? And what's your thoughts on uh, on Dan Mullins' comments after the game about the scout team that Oklahoma played? Oh my God, I don't want to hear Dan Mullen talk ever again. <laughs> Every time I'm hearing this guy, he's saying something even stupider than he said last week. Somehow, like I just. <laughs> I got no thoughts for Dan Mullen except shut the hell up. Um, <laughs> um, but I think regardless of everybody being out, I think that was actually still a pretty damn impressive win by Oklahoma. I think it's pretty clear they would have won that game no matter what. Like the Trask looked absolutely lost out there. So what if he didn't have some of his wide receivers? I mean, he looked like he didn't even belong on that field. So I think I think it spells extremely well going forward for uh, Oklahoma with Rattler coming back and the momentum they should have. Yeah, Oklahoma should be looking pretty strong next year. Uh, something that that I wanted to hit on here was the Dan Mullen comments. Um, how can you be so fucking stupid to open your mouth and say those kind of things about your players whenever they're in the locker room next to you? You just pretty much shit on half of your team because they wanted to go out there and play and win for you and the school, and then you go in the locker room and you just shit all over them. I think that is one of the weakest things I've ever heard a coach say, maybe ever. Uh, it may be the weakest thing because that's just – it's already enough that every time Florida gets beat or every time that – it's it, and it's really the SEC in general. Every time they get out there and they get beat, it's one of those things like, ah, we didn't want to be there anyway. This is a wasted season. If we can't win a national championship, we don't want to play in a bowl game. Then don't fucking go and say no as players, if you guys don't want to be there. As a coach, if you don't want to be there, then don't fucking accept the invitation. Let somebody else that worked their ass off all season long to get to a bowl game, let them have the bowl game. And don't open your stupid ass mouth about a bunch of high school or a bunch of college kids out there working their ass off for you and calling them a scout team. It just burns me up. My forehead's sweating right now, guys. I'm pissed off just thinking about it. I got to get to the next subject because I'm getting hot. So, Dan Mullen, you're a bomb. I hope you go – this every single year. Uh, Wisconsin next up on the slate, winning 42-28 to against Wake Forest. And Wake Forest actually kept this game reasonably close throughout the uh, throughout the first half. It was a tie ball game going into halftime, 14 apiece. So, uh, I know Graham Mertz is in, like, the top 15 or 20 for Heisman voting next year. When was the last time that you saw a, Heis- a Wisconsin quarterback in the Heisman? It had to be Russell Wilson, wasn't it, in Heisman conversations? Even then, I don't think he was in that deep of a conversation. I think he was like a preseason dude. But either way, yeah, I mean, it's Russell Wilson is the last decent quarterback they've had. And before Russell Wilson, I can't even remember the last time they had a game-breaking quarterback that was mentioned in any sort of circles with Heisman favorites. So, uh, also, uh, shout out Graham Mertz for breaking the trophy in the locker room after the game. <laughs> I heard about that. I never saw it, but I didn't hear about it. That's a real bummer. Who who's uh who who is the Alabama player that dropped the trophy or the coach or something along those lines? Uh, I couldn't tell you. This must have been know. before y'all's time, you young you young kids. I think this was like two thousand nine national championship. 
if it's before I had a Twitter, I, I don't know what happened. Yeah, you know. <laughs> you know what happened before, before Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> All right, next up we got uh, Ball State taking care of San Jose State, 34-13. Mississippi State narrowly escapes number 24 powerhouse team Tulsa to, to have a narrow victory. I just I just couldn't believe that uh, Tulsa would would have a letdown game like that against the 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 uh, the, the lowly SEC in a bowl game. So uh, tough tough year for Tulsa, man. I thought they was gonna have it. The best part about this game was the roundhouse kick at the end of it. I'm telling you, man, a damn brawl out there, and then that punk ass <laughs> kid just kicks the dude in the face and takes off running like a bitch. <laughs> That's a real weak ass move, man. I wish I knew who that kid was. Those, those are the instances where I'm okay with people tweeting at players. <laughs> they should have ragged his ass. All right, next up we got West Virginia versus Army. West Virginia wins 24-21. Uh, there's our bowl games. Then uh, New Year's Six stuff that we had going on. We got uh, Georgia versus Cincinnati in what turned out to be a really fun game to watch. Cincinnati was controlling the game for most of it. Uh, Georgia seemed like they started pushing the ball down the field a little bit in the second half. Ended up getting them back in the game. They end up kicking a field goal with just a couple seconds left to go up 22-21 and then end up winning the game 24-21. So, heck of a game for for Cincinnati, really. Uh, not necessarily for Georgia because you're supposed to beat the shit out of Cincinnati. You're friggin' Georgia. Uh, but Cincinnati come to play and control the game for the biggest part of the game. So, uh, so Jesse, what's your, uh, what's your take on the Cincinnati Bearcats and Georgia? All Cincinnati had to do was run the ball on that third and two, and they would have won the game. Luke Fickle got in his own head and cost him the game, and that's why he doesn't deserve the job at Michigan. <laughs> Nobody but Jim Harbaugh deserves the job at Michigan, so don't worry. Uh, JD, you got any my suffering? <laughs> you got any take on Georgia Cincinnati? Yeah, I, uh, it was probably the bowl game I watched the most of and enjoyed the most. It was a great game. Um, Cincinnati really choked in a way, like Jesse mentioned. Um, I, I think Cincinnati's there to stay. Uh, they're just a solid football team. They definitely should have won that game. Uh, obviously, it's their own fault they lost with the play calling. And um, you know, I feel like people who have been watching Cincinnati have been saying, you know, Desmond Ritter, he's got some good stats, but uh, not exactly the greatest pocket passer. And even on that third and two, I mean, that wide receiver's wide open, and he just waits and waits, and then lop, you know, lofts it up. Any other quarterback, <laughs> they would have won. So um, I, I think they're there to stay. I'm, I'm curious to see. I saw their backup quarterback transferred. Um, I'm assuming Ritter's gone after this year, although it's hard no, to keep track of. coming back. He's coming back for another year? Yeah, he said he's coming back. Oh, good God. Well, that's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, at least Ritter's fun to watch play. He does. He does got some wheels on him. He does rip a couple big ones a year. He's fun to watch. I, I enjoy watching Cincinnati. So hopefully they keep the ball rolling next year, and can uh, maybe make a little noise for the for the playoff next season. So uh, next up, we got another shocker. Uh, Northwestern wins thirty five nineteen against Auburn. Uh, but again, another game they didn't want to be there. So that's the only reason Northwestern stood a chance. Uh, Bo Nix. You know, 25 for 42, 292 and 1. You know, Northwestern had Northwestern's running back, Cam Porter, which is the first time I've uh, realized that he was a start running back for Northwestern. Uh, a whopping 33 carries for an unbelievable 98 yards. So, uh, talk about efficiency, folks. That's big time uh, football. 
three yards in a cloud that's, of dust. That's Big Ten football. You're right. Next up, we got another another good game that ended up uh, really getting out of hand later in the game. Uh, Texas A&M versus North Carolina. A&M wins 41-27. Um, you know, not a lot to not, not a lot to talk about the game. It was stayed it stayed a pretty good game for most of the game, and in the fourth quarter, A and M just busted the doors open. So, uh, so JD, you got any you got any thoughts on on A and M and what the whether or not you think they should have been or not have been in the playoffs? Yeah, I, I thought that game was a pretty good one, actually. Uh, I mean, North Carolina looked like they were going to pull it out, and North Carolina was pulling a Florida, just doing it with more class and uh, basically how it's supposed to be done. They were still competing out there. Uh, they had their quarterback and pretty much nothing else, just like Florida. And, uh, you know, it looked like they were going to win that game for a little while. So, um, no, I mean, it just, yeah, I, I don't think there's any way. I mean, Notre Dame played North Carolina. They controlled them pretty easily for the entire game, shut down their offense. Uh, and, you know, it was still a 14-point margin, but it was never really close. And then Texas A&M plays them, and it's a 14-point margin. But, I mean, they were losing, I think, going into the third quarter, or maybe it was tied. But, um. I, I, they would have played Bama again. They would have got blown out. Um, it's kind of just like I'm just kind of nihilistic about this at about it at this point. It's like whoever's gonna get the four seed every year is just gonna get smashed. So, I mean, I don't know. Texas A&M was fine. They had a really good year, but it's like, what does it matter? You know? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I don't disagree with you. Uh, there, there wasn't anything wrong with the top four that were selected, in my opinion, anyway. Uh, than that was to begin with, and even after bowl season, even after, and even after Notre Dame gets beat by Alabama, but plays Alabama relatively well compared to what I thought was going to happen in the game. Uh, you know, Notre Dame covers. Uh, they they played Bama good. So so Jesse, what's your what's your what's your take on on uh, Texas A&M and the seasons they had this year? Congrats, Jimbo Fisher, for not having that one letdown game like he has every year, and where his season just collapses afterwards. It's fair. very upset that I bet on that happening every week and it never happened. <laughs> All right. So moving on, we got Oregon versus Iowa State. Iowa State takes gets the W, 34-17. Brees Hall has a huge game, 136 yards and two. Um, so, J.D., I know you're a, a semi-Oregon fan out there on the West Coast. So uh, what happened to Oregon and what do you think about Iowa State moving forward? Yeah, I just Iowa State was just a much better football than, team than them. Um, I, I almost never bet against my teams, but I had to take Iowa State here because I just they were much better in every area. They had a better running back, better quarterback, uh, better defense. It just it really it really wasn't that close. So, um, but no, that was actually a really weird game. If you guys watched that one, uh, Oregon just couldn't stop making weird plays and turning the ball over. Um, they actually had like at one point. They were outgaining Iowa State by three yards per play on offense. They just never never had the ball. I think at, at the end of the third quarter, they had 36 total plays, and Brees Hall had 28 or 29 touches himself, so almost the same <laughs> as the whole Oregon team. So, I mean, while it was a weird one, uh, it just, I don't know, hats off to Iowa State, I guess. Iowa State really finished the season pretty good, in my opinion, after a really, really rough start and then, of course, losing – Losing in the Big Ten, uh, Big Twelve championship game, but it was, it was a good season for Iowa State standards for sure. Uh, Jesse, you got any thoughts on Iowa State, Oregon? Before we move on, um, yes, very happy that future Michigan head coach uh, Matt Suitman Campbell could give his team one last win before he comes up north. 
Man, you guys are locking Harbaugh down for another six years. What are you no. talking about? You haven't seen the new developments. I don't care about the new developments. Until he leaves, he's going to be there until he dies. So he wants to leave. He wants to get to the NFL. Sure, sure he wants to. That's what I'd say, too, if I was a Michigan head coach. Yeah, All right, so Ole Miss, <laughs> Ole Miss takes on Indiana, wins 26-20. to 20. Uh, Matt Corral plays his ass off, and what a great season Matt Corral had. Uh, 342 yards, two touchdowns for Corral. Steps into Lane Kiffin's offense and really shows out for, for the vast majority of the season. So uh, Indiana was one of the teams that felt slighted for not making the Big Ten championship, whether they should have or not. That's a different story. But what do you think about Indiana's season, Jesse? I mean, it's definitely a win for Indiana. I mean, this is the first time they've ever beat – or they've beaten Michigan and Penn State in the same year in how many years? Like, And then took Ohio State till the end of the game and only lost by seven. This is We're, probably the best Indiana's been since probably we've been alive, isn't it? Oh, at least. But it, and the scary thing is they're honestly only going to get better because I don't think any of their staff is leaving. Well, hopefully they keep it going and they keep the Big Ten competitive and uh, make sure Ohio State can add another good win to their resume before playoff season starts because we know Michigan's not going to make it. Oh, moving on, we got Kentucky wins against NC State 23-21. Nothing really – you know, fancy about this game. Do you guys need to say anything about this before we go into the playoff? No. No, I'm good. Yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> All right, so getting to the big boys. Uh, the one fourth game, Alabama versus Notre Dame. And then the 2-3 game, Clemson versus Ohio State. Uh, we'll cover Alabama first since, you know, we have a, a resident Notre Dame fan on the pod tonight. Uh, Alabama wins 31-14. Mac Jones has uh, – Nearly 300 yards and four scores. Devonta Smith balls out again, 130 and three touchdowns. Najee Harris does it does it as well, 125 yards. Just great game all the way around from Alabama. Uh, but Dane plays a much better game than I thought it was going to be. And I know we had covered this just a little bit earlier. Uh, Notre Dame covers. Uh, they don't get blown out. They don't get the doors blown off of them and lose 40 to nothing. Uh, in my opinion, played a pretty decent game. I know the the the, the backdoor cover makes it look a little bit closer than what it is. But I was expecting Alabama to roll in here and, and drop, you know, 42, 50 points, you know, somewhere in that ballpark on them. I really thought it was going to be that kind of a beatdown. So that that all being said, uh, so J.D., where, where are your boys at? So so hop up Notre Dame. Pat them on the back. Tell them to hit the showers, whatever. Yeah, I, uh, it was a great year. It's tough when you have such a great year. And then your last two games, you just don't really come all that close. But, you know, I'm just, like I said earlier, I'm just resigned. That's uh, what it is in college football. There's really only so much you can do. Uh, they did all they could do. It's actually, I think it's the first time Alabama hasn't scored 35 or more points in like two full years. Um, so I guess at least they didn't, you know, get embarrassed too badly. You know, Najee Harris jumped over you once, and, you know, Devonta Smith and, scored his touchdowns, but and, at least he didn't get he, completely and killed. And did he so. jump over, over you? My oh. goodness, that blew me away. There, now, sure. I've, I've not had the chance to watch a ton of football like I typically do this year with, you know, the way the way life goes, but I was watching this game, and it almost made me levitate off of my couch whenever <laughs> he did that. Like, I didn't even have to push off of it. I, I just almost floated up in excitement. <laughs> it, was, it was awesome, man. I mean, he – I mean, it, it, it's not all the time. It's not that often that you see him just completely clear somebody 
and just be able to hit the ground and keep running. Most time it's uh they catch your leg and you go flying a little bit, but that was beautiful. That was a thing of beauty watching Nazi Harris just hurdle this dude and then leave the guy looking at him as he scampers off for a 40-yard gain. It was pretty damn impressive. Jesse, you got anything on the Alabama game? I know you're, you're chomping at the bit over there. I mean, first of all, that Najee Harris hurdle hurt me because he was supposed to come to Michigan. Um, also, <laughs> to tie this to Michigan again, um, the last time which Chady said that Alabama scored under 35 points was actually one year ago that day when they beat Michigan 35-16 in the Capital One Bowl, or the Citrus Bowl. Um so yeah, Alabama should have won by fifty, but took the brakes, the gas, or their foot off the gas because they just didn't care anymore. Obviously, obviously, it's, it's just a playoff game. But mm-hmm. uh, the next next up, we got Clemson Ohio State, my, the game that I was looking forward to the most. Uh, turned out to be a little bit more of a whipping than than most thought, and not the way that most thought it would go. Um, you know, Ohio State's offensive and defensive line just totally controlled the game. They played fantastic from start to finish. Trey Sermon has almost 200 rushing yards. Uh, Justin Fields just throws the ball all over the place for uh, 370, 385, and 6. You know, he has a fantastic game. Also adds on another 42 rushing yards. They just – Ohio State, whenever – they were down seven, uh, 14 to 7 at one point, correct? Middle middle of the first first quarter? Yeah. I think that's what it was. They're down 14-7. Clemson has the ball. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh, man, this is about to be an ass-beaten. Clemson is about to, to hang, you know, 70 points on these dudes. And uh, they get a couple stops in a row, and Ohio State got rolled. You know, they, could, they, could, they couldn't be stopped on offense for nothing. Not, in, not until they, they decided they didn't want to score every single drive anymore and they were going to just, you know, milk the clock and get out of there. So, so JD, we got we got a lot of points scored in this game. You know, guys like me and you with the with the fan with us liking fantasy football the way we do. This was a this was fantastic. Everybody had fun in this game. So, so Fields Lawrence second time around Fields gets it. First time around Lawrence got it. So we all know that Lawrence will more than likely be the number one overall pick. Justin Fields should go in the, the second, if not in the top five. Um, where do you think this game was? Like, what, what do you think the biggest problem was for Clemson? And, and do you think it was a fluke that Ohio State beat him and beat him by that bad or what? Um, yeah, the, the weird thing is I don't I don't think it was fluky at all. Um, I, they just they just beat their ass. Um, just, I, I agree 100%. 100%. I mean, soundly. And it's like you were saying, they – they really could have scored whenever they wanted to. And I mean, they scored 49 points, but uh, you know, if it was a competitive game, they, they could have put up what, whatever number they wanted to um, look in here. It, it was the, it was tied up going into the second quarter. And that's when Ohio state just went crazy and they won that quarter 21 zero and never looked back. Um, and I, I think it could have been like that. I think the biggest difference, um, I mean, clearly they beat them in a lot of areas, but they just dominated them in the trenches on both sides of the ball. Um, I, it just completely dominated them. And I really didn't know that was going to be the case. Um, the other thing that stood out to me, Ohio State's defense looked a lot better than I was expecting. I, their defensive line, uh, you know, the whole narrative has been they're good, but not as good as they've been in years in the past. And uh, I don't know, man, they looked pretty nasty on the defensive line. They were just completely embarrassing Clemson. Clemson couldn't get anything going because of that. 
and we're, we're talking we're not talking like Clemson is some some scrub ACC school like you know like a Wake Forest with a bunch of chumps on the defensive line. You got number one overall recruits on that defensive line, and they're pushing yeah. them around. Uh, I'm looking at the excuse me, hold on a second, move that back up. I'm looking at the the play by play of the drives. So I'm gonna run you through Ohio State's drives for the game. Uh, punt, touchdown, 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 <laughs> touchdown. Touchdown, end of half. Interception, touchdown, punt, touchdown, punt, punt, end of game. They went on a hell of a run there in the end of the first and then, of course, all the way through the second. And they were just done after that. So, Jesse, what do you think about, about Clemson and what they're looking like next year now that uh, T-Law will be gone, Etienne will be gone, you know, losing a lot of big pieces on offense? Yeah, you, you're losing the two big pieces, but you also have a number one overall recruited quarterback stepping in who looked more than serviceable when Trevor Lawrence had COVID this past year. But, I mean, really, it's, I'm not I'm not worried whatsoever. I mean, you have TJU, obviously. Their defense is just going to get even better because that's what let them down this game. And then who knows if Justin Ross wants to come back for one more year before the draft or just go on the draft. But they're just going to be a year older. They'll have another – great strong quarterback behind them and they're gonna be right back in the playoffs next year I, I i don't i don't disagree with you i think especially the way the the whole playoff situation is set up i think alabama and clemson are just about as good as locks as you can get at this point uh anything can happen but it seems like that's the case so also so, uh, shout out justin fields for taking that monster shot to the kidney and still somehow playing the whole game I can't believe you just gave an Ohio State player a compliment. Hey, he was recruited by Georgia. <laughs> I was waiting. I was hoping you'd say that. <laughs> he played at Georgia first. <laughs> All right. So next up, we got the national championship coming at you Monday night. Alabama versus Ohio State. Uh, right now, Alabama seems to be favored by eight to over and under 75, which is freaking fantastic. I cannot wait to watch this game. Uh, hopefully it's a fun game to watch as just the same way that that Clemson Ohio State game was. Hopefully it's a back and forth and it's not, you know, some snooze fest. Uh, but we're about to see big time players go at it. We got you know, RB1, arguably RB1, arguably wide receiver one, top five quarterback, two, maybe two top five quarter drafted quarterbacks coming out. You've got a ton of, of talent on the defensive sides of the ball. You know, the number one cornerback in the country first cornerback that'll be taken in Sertan so uh, so JD we'll start with you tell me what you think about the game tell me how you think it's gonna go yeah I think it's uh I mean I know I had gone into the playoffs saying I think Alabama's gonna beat both teams they play by more than two touchdowns um I I there's no way I'm gonna keep going with that after uh, what I saw from Ohio State <laughs> um I mean like I said Ohio State just completely wowed me um, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Ohio State won with how well they are playing, especially offensively. Um, I think Ohio State's going to be able to score the ball. Um, I think it's going to be a pretty close game with some high scoring. Um, but in the end, um, just, you know, and I know Fields played through the injury, but apparently he's still pretty injured. Um, Ohio State's apparently still has some COVID problems going on. Uh, and just with Alabama in general, just, you know, being the Death Star that they are, just slightly more of a Death Star. Um, I, I, I think, I think they're probably going to win this game, Alabama. Um, but I, I think it could get 
a lot closer than I, I was expecting. So I'm actually a lot more excited than I was. Um, you know, I, I wasn't, I, I'm still obviously going to watch these games, but going into the playoffs, I wasn't super excited about anything. And actually the way that Ohio State beat the doors off Clemson actually gave me some hope that we might get a really good game here. I, I, I agree with you there. What's your thoughts, Jesse? I mean, this is all based on if we're actually getting this game Monday and it's not pushed back next week like everybody's saying. Um, but, yeah, I'm very excited for this game as well. I'm very excited that apparently Jalen Waddle is trying to play for this week. Which I think would be cool as hell if he gets a chance to. I think it would be really cool for that kid if he gets a chance to go out there and play in, the, in his last game before he goes. He would be going pro, right? Isn't he a junior? Yeah, he, he'll be. Has he declared? He basically he's a first round pick easily. Well, so was Trevor Lawrence last year. He didn't go pro, so well he he wasn't allowed to go pro last year. Oh, buddy. was he? Was he? <laughs> <laughs> he was a sophomore. Yeah, I thought he, I thought he was a year older than that. No, but, <laughs> I'm flattered, man. I'm flattered. But if Jalen Waddle does play and like actually plays and isn't a decoy that just lines up on the other side of the field whenever Najee Harris runs the ball, I can still go go with. Alabama's going to win by 10-plus because there's no way Ohio State's secondary can cover both Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle, and with Mechie becoming the next Alabama superstar. They, and Sean it, Wade sucks. Sean yes. Wade has been awful. <laughs> and it didn't help that he came out today and said specifically he wants to cover Devontae Smith all game. Well, good luck, buddy. Good luck. That, that Devontae Smith, that, that segues us perfectly into our next topic. I agree with both you guys on the game. I think Alabama's going to win. Uh, real quick, uh, off the top of your head, what's your score prediction? Mine will be 31-20, uh, to 20, Alabama. What you, what's yours, J.D.? Uh, I'm going to go really high scoring. Let's see here. I'm yeah, you got to hit the over. I don't think they're going to hit the over. 75 is an awful lot of points, boys. That, that's a ton of points. I, I don't know if I can bet it, but I, <laughs> I, mean, I feel like it's, not, it's, it's going not like Ohio State and Alabama doesn't have, you know, a, 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 a litany of, of first-round draft picks on the defensive side of the ball. So yeah, I'm, not, like, I'm not, I'm not too uh, jazzed up about the over. It's not like both these schools aren't averaging over 500 yards a game or anything. You're right. You're right. But they also don't play each other every week. So that's, that's I'm going to go uh, – I'm gonna go 45-38. I think with that well. Oh, spicy! Let's go. <laughs> I want. I deserve this. It's been a long year. There's a lot of shit going on. I deserve a 45-38 back and forth, a seven-point ball game, tie it up. You know, retake the lead. A bunch of lead changes. That's what we all deserve as a country right now. Man, that would be freaking awesome. All right, Jesse, what's your score prediction? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go pretty high scoring, like JD. I'm going to go 43-32, to 32, so the over-under hits exactly. Oh, so you're trying, you're trying to be real bastard and make somebody push, aren't you? <laughs> yes, I, I want that's to a, that's a real, everybody off. That's and a real dick move, man. It's gonna At be least back, I went under. At least I went under, well, you jerk. It's going to be a backdoor push with, like, a safety at the end of the game or something. It's going to be Oh, that's magical. gross. That's gross. I root for right, chaos, folks. okay? <laughs> All right, so – Speaking of Alabama and and your boy trying to to call him out, says he wants to guard Devontae Smith for the entire game. We're going to talk a little bit about the Heisman Trophy presentation last night. Uh, Run through what we think about the top five or the top four that went, but Najee Harris was finished at fifth. They had three Alabama superstars in the top five. Um, 
you know, me and JD had our had our had our stance on, on Devonta Smith and why he should should or shouldn't win. Uh, Jesse said, uh, you know, virtually a lot of the same stuff, but ended up with different players winning. Uh, Mac Jones. Yeah, Mac Jones winning, which who who's who I honestly thought would win. I was surprised Devonta Smith won. I, I thought he should have, or that I thought he I thought he should, but I didn't think that he was actually going to. I was very surprised the wide receiver won it, but good for good for him. The top five went Smith, Lawrence, Jones, Trask, and Najee Harris. So JD, we'll start with you, and I'm fairly sure I know where you're going to go with it. But who is your top five, and where did they get it wrong? I, I mean, you know, it's a joke that Lawrence finished second. It's just a joke, <laughs> and I'm glad that his team just got embarrassed. So it makes it look like even more of a joke. Um, I, I, I don't get it. Anybody voting, just there's no reason he should be there. I think the only reason they put him there is because uh, they didn't want to put like two Alabama guys one two. I'm guessing a lot of voters did that, but he, um, he also won the fan vote. I don't know if that influences anything but that's what they kept showing on espn during it all no fans are idiots most fans of them are, are idiots. idiots voters that's, are idiots <laughs> there's zero reason and and jd was spot on trevor lawrence you know in a normal season wouldn't even have went to new york uh the fact is is he is college football's golden boy he is the tom brady of college football right now he's the 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 the, the poster child of the ncaa at the moment but just because he's the he's the face of the game right now doesn't mean that he's got to be in New York for the Heisman Trophy presentation. When most people, well, I can't say most people because he got 222 first place votes. Some fucking hell. Um, I think that was a real, you know, sorry, buddy, you're not going to win, but here's you enough to keep you in second place because you know you're Trevor Lawrence and this is this has been you've been college football for a couple of years, so. Get out of here with that garbage. Yeah, I, you know, I, I just feel like the awards should be kind of. I mean, it seems obvious, but it should be like the ranking should be based upon your performance and how well you've played, and the Heisman should be based upon how you played. And he just he didn't play enough games, and when he did, his stats were just nowhere near these other guys. So I don't. You know, uh, yeah, go ahead, Jesse. That's what I was about to say. If the committee just came out and said, "Look." Trevor Lawrence was the one that spearheaded the we want to play movement back in August. I would be perfectly fine with someone giving them their vote because of that. Because without Lawrence, there was no college football this year. Yeah, I wouldn't give him my vote. Fuck him. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't, but I would understand. <laughs> like, if they were just honest, or like, look, this guy pressured everybody up top that we want to play football. So let's toss him one of them. Yeah, I, I, I won't get on the soapbox. We've already bashed. I bashed on Trevor Lawrence enough. I hate that he's going to leave college football and won't be able to keep doing it on our podcast. So, I mean, all right, the, folks. The Heisman, not winning the Heisman's a blessing for him because now he's actually going to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, he probably will. And I hope he does. I hope he plays great in the NFL and I hope he's a superstar. Not for the Jaguars, though. They don't deserve that. Oh, sure they do. Sure they do. But, folks, that's going to do it for us tonight. Uh, it's been a pleasure with you this season. We're gonna we're gonna come back. We're gonna be at back at you during the off season. We're not sure if it's gonna be a weekly thing or a bi weekly thing. Just to let you know kind of what the campus campus group is is, is thinking about. Uh, I'll have a rotating group of, of guests, JD and Jesse being included, uh, for a, a trivia show on Sportscaster. So you guys be looking forward to that. We'll do weeklies, maybe weekly or bi weekly there. 
And then on the other weeks, we'll come at you with the off-season content that we come at, at you with last summer. So we appreciate all you guys this year. We wish you had, uh, the, the, have the best 2021 you can. Enjoy the national championship, and we'll see you soon. Good one.